0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, on this show, I have Jason Cameron, who is a mindset coach and hypnotherapist. He's worked with different athletes and members of the public. And we met there not so long ago where he wanted me to do compare at the um, Wild Atlantic Way Fitness Expo, so that was down the Clan Re there last weekend and um, I really wanted to get chatting to Jason because of his background and I'm very much into mindset and uh, self-awareness and motivation and stuff so I wanted to hear his story and obviously get a few tips and and things from him so I could obviously give it to you you listeners here, so Jason, if you can um (laughs) If you just uh, give us a wee introduction and let us know where you got started and, 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 this, and what did you do in the past, but even before um, you went into mindset and hypnotherapy the and so on, please.
1: Hi, Seamus. Thanks for that, Yeah, so uh, a little bit about me and my past was uh, I'm actually coming from a construction background as a bricklayer blocklayer. So I've been doing that pretty much most of my... Life anyhow, so but I'd always kind of been into like holistics and kind of helping people, and uh, always kind of knew I had to help some people in some kind of way, but never really knew or understood which direction that I, I should go. Yeah. So in 2011, i moved to Canada, uh, I took my wife and kids over there. Then in 2012, spent a couple of years over there. Uh, just had some issues getting our visas uh, sorted out so it was quite stressful at the time so i decided maybe i'll, I'll just go for a hypnotherapy session over there and see if that would help me and after the session then i was like right this is what i need to do this this, this is like my calling this is what i need to help people doing this so in 2016 then we moved back home and um back into the block lane again then as well and i'd actually started as i got back into the block lane again then i kind of was suffering like massive anxiety attacks you know i'd be standing on the bottom of the road waiting for me lift in the morning and just this wave of emotion would flood over me and i'd be standing there crying thinking to myself, what the heck is this about like mm-hmm. so then i kept thinking about the hypnotherapy more and more and then i says the car i says i can't stop thinking about just hypnotherapy and she says well why don't you go and do it?" I was like, well, where am I going to do it around here? Like, So, due to the powers of Facebook, up popped an introductory weekend down in Dublin. So, I said yes. I'd go along and see what the crack is. And so, we headed down there then. Anyhow, for the weekend, it was a two-day introductory weekend course and ended up signing up then for it. So, I signed up for that then. I think it was at the end of 2016, early 2017. Um, it was a six-month course. We're down every... Every weekends or every couple of weekends and uh, we were learning stuff through the clinical side. so we were looking at fears, phobias, panic attacks, um, weight loss, smoking on all that yep. sort of stuff so that's kind of how I fell into it then so it was and, and uh, I definitely found that it helped me so by learning the, the process of it and actually doing the practical every weekend on ourselves and other other participants down there it helped me r- release my anxieties uh any any anger that i had lying in inside me um i guess we kind of hold on to all these emotions without realizing it so i would have kind of had a, a lot of anger towards uh, certain individuals over in canada like Maybe I thought kind of stopped me progressing there and maybe maybe putting a certain blame on that individual as to why I'd come back again. Right. I'm not even consciously realizing that I was holding on to that anger. So by doing the practical every weekends down there, that helped me release mine. So it gave me more of a push to get out there and help people too as well, no just using simple techniques as well. So that's kind of how I fell into this as well. So was very good um
0: even so how did you find dealing with the anger of of this of this individual like for me if i had to deal with certain things like you'd have maybe a that bit of a rage and how do you not do it how do you do it in such a way that you're not punching walls or you know maybe that yeah. may be a over the top but i mean for some individuals that may be the case that they don't know how to maybe deal with that so How did you end up being aware and and, and dealing with that and getting over it?
1: Uh, So, I guess consciously I wasn't aware of it, but kind of like subconsciously it's, it had obviously annoyed me to a certain stage where I was taking that anger or that emotion and I was holding on to it and I was suppressing it. And every time then I would think about it, like your, your mind would go back and think about it and it would just bring up that feeling and then you push it down again. Yeah. So just learning, like being taught the techniques and how to release that and becoming aware of it then. So like once I was aware of it and once we had released it then, afterwards then I, I would think of that individual and I had no no attachment, no no thought or feeling towards that person at all. Like So it was just learning to let it go. So it was... Yes
0: and what was those techniques that you used then uh, and obviously to kind of get over that then can you explain more?
1: Yeah so basically it was working on how on the feeling and the emotion and then maybe just going finding out where it was coming from mm-hmm. so everybody's going to have a different situation of where their anger comes from or so it's we don't work on this situation because Every situation has that feeling and that emotion attached to it. So it may be something different that's going to trigger it each and every time. So every time it's triggered, it gets a little stronger. So what we tend to do is we kind of go back and find out where it's actually coming from and deal with it there. So kind of remove it, reframe it, and just put on a more positive suggestion so it becomes easier to deal with then.
0: And do you think a lot of some people's frustrations and anger may be as far back as their childhood? Like, is that something that you, you truly believe? Because if, for sometimes, like even for me, you think, oh, can you really think that far back? And how how can it just affect you in the here and now? Do you know, um, I think you, you explained yeah. it to me before, like it's kind of like a layer and a kick. but yeah. how true do you yeah. think that is where it could be something that just your childhood that could be really affecting you. Now you may be in a relationship now with say uh, with a partner or something. How yeah. strong is that connection? Uh, absolutely.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. Like, so if you can imagine like your, your, your subconscious mind has, can't really tell what's real or what's not real. So whenever something goes in there, it believes it to be true. So um, if that fear and that emotion is going in there, that, uh, it's embedded in their subconscious mind. So just, as you were saying there, going back younger, I'll give you an example. One of the girls that had come to me there for, uh, she had a fear of needles. So she was going into the doctors and every time she would go in, she'd have to get bloods like and she, she couldn't give the blood just because of the fear of the needles. So yeah. we did a couple of sessions with her and we figured out, we just worked on the emotions that she was feeling. So once we did the session with her then, that fear and that emotion that she actually was having towards the, the needles of the doctors was actually coming from when she was five years of age. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the doctors at all. Right. What, her, what, was, what was causing her fear or emotions was actually when she was five and she was being held in her arms by her mother and her parents were actually having an argument They were roaring and shouting at each other. So the child then, or her at that age, was picking up that fear and that emotion and she was holding on to it then. So as she was progressing through life, every time she would get into a situation that was bringing that fear or that emotion up, her mind was reverting back to that five-year-old child, pulling that fear and that emotion up and it was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So every time she was going into the, the doctors, it was only the, the needle was just a trigger for that emotion. Right. So once we went back and we cleaned that up, she was able then to go in and get her blood done then after. Madness. How, how much
0: of a sessions do you take like, to even delve that deep, that far back? Like how much work, what do you do to actually drag that out of someone? Like that that's Like you should be working for this secret service or something like that.
1: <laughs> um, it's, it depends on the individual too like you have to be willing to kind of want a you know you got to work with it it's not a magic wand for everybody so it doesn't work yep. for everybody like the more open you are to say just going with it then the better response that you're going to have like I have some people that will come in for like a fear like her she one or two sessions and she was good I had another young girl come in for one session for a few cats and she was good. And then other people kind of come in with a this mindset that, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna let you in. So if you're not gonna come in and just work with it, then you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time. Yeah. you know. So some people may take one session, Others could take three or four sessions. It just depends on the individual and
0: themselves. Okay, I suppose as you're building a relationship there with these people and a bit of trust as well. Obviously, yeah. they break down that initial barrier. Um, but is there anyone that you've sort of helped with that you thought you had the reason why this would happen, but then it, it's, it wasn't the reason, there was something else? Is there any
1: sort of no. examples of that or no? No, you don't, you don't really know what the reason is because you're just working off the emotions yeah so that's what you're really working on so you don't really know until you start delving in until then you'll know what you'll come up with like i had a younger that has uh, suffered with ocd um i was kind of getting really out of hand for her so Mm -hmm. it was through a a friend's sister actually um she asked her if she would try it like because she was waiting on therapy but she had like a six month wait list So she said she would come and give it a go so again we just worked on the feelings and the emotions and kind of started digging in then and where because when she was doing the ocd everything was a sequence of three it was tapping the three and so once we got into the situation we took her back to where she was like three years of age and she was sitting on the floor tapping the floor three times, asking for protection for her, her her mother, her father, and her brothers and sisters. And once she even realized that herself, like she was able to just kind of sit up and she's like, fuck, that's where it's coming from. So to go that far back, yeah. just that repetition's far back had really kind of hindered her life the whole way up until until that point, so she still she still does, but she still has OCD to a certain degree. But it's a lot milder now than what it was beforehand. So she's more able to deal with it now. Jeez, that's insane. I don't know. The I don't know what's which is more
0: insane. The fact that she remembered something when she was three years of age, or (laughs) I remember something three years
1: ago. Uh but you see that's the thing, Jimmy, consciously she wasn't even aware of that. Right. See, your subconscious mind stores all this information in there. So from the day you're born. Everything that you smell, touch, taste, see, do, it's all locked in there. So we just allow the mind to go in and just open it up. Just
0: I like the vault, like a vault. Yeah, I get you. It's like a, it'll, it'll always store um, those memories, but not necessarily tap on there. What's that called? What part of the brain is that?
1: Where and, it's. It's into your subconscious mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so, so I want the. Like that's, that's a great sort of start to kind of delve into your treatment and how you're helping people and stuff. Mm. And why was it mindset? Why did you start, you know, you always wanted to help people and stuff. Was there any other reason why, you know, it just sort of, it just happened naturally then for you from talking to you and talking about, um, how the hypnotherapy therapy really uh, worked with you personally, on a personal level, you wanted to kind of exchange that and pass that on to other people. That'd be correct. That'd be the yeah. way you want to kind of go on there.
1: Yeah, it just seemed like a natural path. Like, even from a young age, I think I was always kind of wanting to help people some way or another, mm. but I guess never really understood which way. So, yeah. I think it was to, until I had that actual session myself. And then that was just kind of like, a wee light bulb moment. But that's, this is what I needed to do that. Okay. And then I'd always kind of, I'd always kind of, even before I thought about, the, well, I'd always thought that about doing hypnotherapy then. And then it was always more kind of, maybe the sports side. Like, how could I help athletes know? How could I help them be get their goals? How could I help them achieve things a little more easier? And then that's how I kind of started Tapping a little more into the sports side then as well, so it was just kind of getting in the, getting the get a few people now. I knew a couple of boys over in the, the foil golf golf club there, and mm-hmm. uh, I'd actually put a post up on Facebook about the therapy and that, and one of the golfers actually messes me like, and. Um, I said, sure, why don't we try it with you, see how, if it can help you with your golf. We were just, we were just joking about it, like, and uh, he says, yeah, sure, why not? So we did a couple of sessions with him, and then uh, we just, he the thing that he wanted to work on too, I guess, was uh, helping him with his draw shots and stuff. So we just had a chat, like, and kind of work with him, and just to see, like, he explained to me what he had done. So he, he taught himself to do a draw shot, kind of, like, from sending the ball way out to the right and being able to bring it back and to the left again
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he had taught himself then to do the opposite side so he'd done that for about a year and then he went he wanted to go back to the left to right draws so and he says he couldn't do it he says he just for the love of him he could not do it he'd spent a full year uh changing clubs changing the length of the club changing heads changing grips going on the, the machine to check his swing and everything like that. So We spent the whole year doing that, and he couldn't get it. Like So we just did a session with him, and then just getting him, like his subconscious mind knew how to do it because he'd already done it before, so it was locked yeah. in there. So basically, we just told him, whenever you're out in the course and you need that draw shot, your subconscious mind is just going to allow that to come forward, and you're going to do it automatically without even having to think about it. So, carried on with the session, in know, and then he, I think he was out then a couple of days later, like, and he texted me mm-hmm. and he was like, You're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He says, I got my draw shot on the day. I says, No way. He goes, aye. He says, It was the weirdest thing ever. He says, He was sitting slightly on the, the rough just off the fairway, and the green was up around the left to the and behind the trees. So, he took his uh, usual stance that he would do. And, he was getting in the position, feet on the ground, holding the club, arms out straight, and he says, his elbow turned slightly out. And he was like, what the heck? Put his arms back in again, elbow turned out slightly again. And he was like, that's it. He says, that's that's what I was doing wrong. I was keeping my elbow in too tightly. Yeah. He says, how the hell did I overlook that? So he says, he took the shot, and he says, bald way out left back in right on they're doing this is unbelievable so that's kind of got me more thinking then like how can we like this can really help athletes in like you know it's so simple like just allow you just need to allow it to happen like because a lot of people just tend to overthink everything and not be aware like and just they become too focused on what they should be doing instead of letting it happen naturally yeah So then we had another little fella then from the foil golf too as well. And he was getting very frustrated, say, from like the 13th, 14th hole in that like, And he would always kind of tend to fluff his shots in at that point. And he would always overthink everything. So again, he would get angry too then with himself. So we just did some techniques on him to see where that anger was coming from. And again, that was going back then to him practicing around the house, chipping, and getting angry with himself because he wasn't able to do it. So just able allowing him to release that, he was able to do his shots a lot more better. And any time that he was kind of fluffed the shot, we just gave him a little visualization just to imagine maybe a white line in front of him, maybe about 10 feet in front of him. So whenever he fluffed his shot, instead of thinking about it, once he passed that white line, he would stop thinking about it and he would let it go. And Right. Or not, or, or am I? A couple of things. Um, is
0: it always anger the motion that really holds people back? And two, uh, I want to talk about more about that self-awareness. So, to answer that first question: Is it always? Does it always tend to be anger? Or
1: no, uh, uh, not really. Like, like people that just kind of get a little block on themselves. So. Um, I'll use Peter as an example. I'm sure he'll not mind. <laughs> I work with Pete. Peter. Peter, <laughs> Peter did the expo with me, so yep. anybody knows Peter. He's a personal trainer. He's been in the sports and fitness for as long as I've known him, anyhow. But he he does jujitsu as well. I believe he's blue belt or something. And uh, again, Peter has the skills. Like he has the cap- capabilities of doing it. He's a very strong individual and very, very solid in his game of jujitsu. So even his coach was telling him, look, it's your mind that's stopping you. He says, you're well capable of doing it. He says, Mm -hmm. it's just your mind. Your mind's stopping you from doing it. So Peter knew I was doing this here. And he says, do you think could you help? I said, sure, we'll we'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. So anybody knows Peter. Peter's as laid back and as calm as you can, as you can get. Like you're, not gonna get anybody any calmer than Peter. So it's not any anger or anything like that with him. Yeah. It was just his mind. So we asked, got him to say like what, what the problem was when he was fighting. Like so, he when he was fighting, he would find that his mind would just go blank. Uh, he would tank out in his breathing. And then it, that was just like a knock-on effect. One would start and then the other would start and then they just end up losing the fights. So we just, like a simple technique, we would just talk him down, get him nice and relaxed and then we would do the visualization with him. So again, just allowing the subconscious mind because he has all the skills and everything in there, all the movements that he needs is in there, just asking it. So when he gets into a position that the subconscious mind would allow what movement he would need at that time to come forth and he'd be able to get out of it or reverse the move or whatever and work it to his favor. Yeah. Um, so when he was in a, say, a compromising position, he would find that his breathing would start to go into as well. So we'd also, we'd also ask the mind to remain calm and just allow the body to breathe naturally and easily too. So that would keep him calm and focused too as well. Mm-hmm. So simple other little techniques too as well. Like for for example, we'd say at the start of the fight, if he was coming into the hall or the arena, we were just getting to see that and visualize and hear all the sound. And all that sound then would just be like a, a little trigger just to keep him calm and composed. And even if he was talking to other fighters during the day, you know, he would remain calm. And then when he goes on to the map, once he felt the map with a Obviously, you're going to be a little anxious and nervous then going on to a fight. So once he gets onto the mat and he could feel the mats in his bare feet, and that would be another little trigger just to help the body remain calm. And then whenever he bowed and kind of tapped the thighs as they do, that, that tapping of the thighs then would be his trigger for his mind to allow all the information or all the techniques that he needed to come to the forefront of his mind. So that was what we kind of basically did with that session, and he was he was going on in for a, a competition that I think it was a couple of days after. So he had like seven fights that day, and he won six of the seven out of that. So he was saying like he just he just felt calm and composed. He was able to see his opponent going to do a move, and he was able to counteract that move and work in his favour and gain the points. So then a couple of months later, then too. He was going for, uh, I think it was the Nationals down in Dublin. And again, he, we did another session with him. And it was basically just the same session as before because it's repetition. Repetition is key. Once you keep repeti- uh, repetition of something, you'll know it, it embeds it into the mind. So we did that again, and he ended up with gold in this category. Like he says, you know, it, it worked really well for him. So Very it doesn't good. have to be anger or any other emotions at all, Like. Right. You know, so it's just it's being aware yes. of how to process it and just allowing yeah. the mind to do what it needs to do. Yeah?
0: So yeah. that's the, all that Leads me nicely on to that second question that I asked you about awareness. Now, we had a couple yeah. of guys at the fit, fit, uh, Fitness Expo. Um, one one guy came up and he uh, did a talk with regards to addiction and recovery coaching. Gaz, has, one of his clients uh, is a recovering addict. Drugs and alcohol. So, um, his example was um, having these thoughts, and and drink was like a positive and a negative emotion. And he would have went to drink if something went well. He went to drink and he celebrated. And if something went bad, he went to drink and burned his sorrows, so to speak. Right. So, and obviously, to gain this awareness of how you're actually thinking, like. Um, I think Gaz put on these Copa mechanisms, right? Okay, whenever this happens, understand that it's happened and we can use exercise as a way to distract you more or less. Yeah. Mm. Um, what I'm thinking is the part where you're self aware that you're actually thinking and to to stop that trigger, do um because like the run or the exercise is just a distraction. It's just mm. Uh, so do you see where I'm coming from and what I'm trying to get with the self-awareness, that self-talk? Like, someone could say to me, oh, oh it, it's raining outside, right? For a stupid example, but it's raining outside, oh, what a horrible day. And, yeah. you know, that even saying that, saying that, and you're blaming the weather for having a horrible day, but yeah. it, could be, it could be your birthday, or you could be getting engaged that day, and you don't care then what, what flipping, what what the whaler's doing, you know, it's yeah. not a horrible day. Do you see where I'm coming from? It's, no. it's like, that self-talk and that, how do you get, how do you get a, a chin to that? How do you kind of get on top of that as regards to self-awareness?
1: Uh, well, I'll give you my, basically my story on, the, on, the, on how it's helped me then over the last past year or two. Anyway. Um, so after we got back from Canada in 2016, Um, I I qualified as a hypnotherapist in September 2017 and then uh, a month later my wife had had suddenly passed away. So for me to be self-aware then was, it took a bit of work and it does take a bit of work and it's always going to be a work in progress. So like my wife died suddenly like and then the whole world was turned upside down as you can imagine for myself and the whole family like, and trying to the next the next year was just like uh, running on autopilot. It spent seven months of doing absolutely nothing like um just going through the motions for the day. Mm-hmm. Um I got that point then I kinda realized to myself like right, I need to stop doing this now. Yeah. So it was a case of I would do something or I'm gonna end up going on the drink and just spiraling down into a darker hole into as well. So I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, like, I can't take my own life or I can't put myself down into a darker hole. It's just like, you need to be stronger for people around you as well. So being aware of that then as well, like, you know, do I really want to go down this dark hole? you kind of do self-sabotage yourself to a certain degree with self-talk. So becoming aware of that self-talk then, it's like, you know, you really do start to give yourself a hard time and you really start to question your own life. Um, being aware of that then and thinking to yourself, right, how can I get out of this? So for me, starting to become aware then, I needed to get myself out. So... Getting back into the gym was probably the, the hardest part, going out and facing people, and you know, thinking about what they were saying, what they what they were talking about. You, know, you start to think all this stuff. You know, yeah. Everywhere you go, people, they're talking to you. And they're, you know, it, it does affect you, but you can't let it affect you. You have to stay strong. And it's easy to say that, but it's a whole lot harder to do that. So that self-talk is like when you get yourself into if you're in the house and you can find yourself talking to yourself, all these negative thoughts, like mm-hmm. for me, was going to the gym, going out there, busting an hour in the gym, just releasing that that anger or that stress or tension that was in the body, or maybe it was just putting on the headphones and going, and listening to some music and taking the dog for a walk. And just kind of, as Marty was his name, was just distracting yourself from that process of that negative self-talk. Yeah. And just trying to get out there and replace it with something else <clears throat> so um, okay. i would get up in the morning then i was getting up maybe two hours in the morning before i had to get up up for show and i was putting on youtube and i was listening to les brown oh, what a guy. And, oh great 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 to be listening to the first thing in the morning Bob Proctor, the way that, like I would spend two hours in the morning listening to motivational stuff, mm-hmm. and just bombarding, with I literally for months and months just bombarded myself with that stuff, and yeah. I still do listen to that too. And I always probably will listen to it. So it is work, and it does change. And like trying to get that negative thought out of your head and becoming aware of it. So if you can really think about it, like that's. A thought doesn't really have any substance to it until you give it something. Yes, yes. So, a thought is if, if you can imagine, like a thought just is just something that pops into your head. So, if you give it a negative attachment, then your body is going to respond to that by giving you that negative feeling of fear, anxiety. Like you'll you'll feel your body will just kind of close up your shoulders will come around
0: you mm-hmm.
1: and then the, your output or your response to that is gonna be like you're about you want to either take the drink to kind of numb the pain of it. You're gonna lock yourself away. You don't want to see anybody, and then it just spirals. Then it spirals down in that dark hole that you don't want to go down there. And once you start going down that, it's a lot harder to come out of it. So I guess being aware. Being aware of that negative thought. like So if you can think to yourself, right, fair enough, this is a negative thought. What's, what's the opposite of this thought? Yeah, you kind of reframe it, you kind of make yeah. it more positive, yeah. Yeah, so you know you have a negative thought, you can simply say to yourself, right, I don't even want that thought in my head, why, why am I even thinking about that? And just trying to yeah. think of something. Think of the positive side of that and think of something a little bit better. And if you're thinking something a little bit better, your body is going to react a little bit better, so instead of having that nauseous, anxious feeling, like you're going to have like a more, uh, a little more adrenaline through maybe a little more excitement, and then again, that, that outcome is going to be more positive. So, I would always kind of use the, the when I'm ever talking to any clients, I always say I use the acronym T. I always ask them how do they like their tea. So it's your thoughts, emotions, and your actions. So if you're going to have a weak cup of tea, you're going to have that negative thought, that negative emotions, and that negative action. So a stronger cup of tea, positive thoughts, positive emotion, and a positive outcome. So just try to get them to be aware of that. And just, it's not easy to do it at the start. It does take work like everything else. Yes. Yes. Away
0: just practice, practice, repetition, repetition. repetition. Yes. Mm. I like the analogy you ever see of, of Darren Hardy. He talked about uh, having a dirty glass underneath a running tap. Do you know, over time, if you continually listen to that positive innovation stuff and and like those audios and all, mm. um, that's like the water going through a dirty glass and eventually, Maybe be months, it might be years, but eventually that water will clean every little bit of dirt out of the glass. Yeah. You have a clean glass, which yeah. again, it doesn't happen overnight, but it takes a lot
1: of work. It does. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't go out and just say to yourself, right, I'm just going to listen to this, all the motivation now for 10 minutes and that'll be me. Yeah. It takes a lot. It's taken many years of negative beating, maybe for some individuals. Yes. Like people may have had a lot of abuse over the years. And you can't fix that in one or two sessions. No. Like it takes time. It's like anybody like if you've somebody coming into your gym that's maybe put on a couple of stone over the years, yep. they're not going to take that weight off in one or two weeks. It's the simple just yep. it takes time, repetition. 100%. And the rep repetition's key. Constantly yep. doing it and feeding your mind positive all the time.
0: Um, the law of attraction kind of works with that as well, with your thought process, I suppose. Um, yeah. do you have you read up on anything on that? There be anything to say on because that's sort of paving the way for what you actually <laughs> want. That's like kind of looking into the future in a way and believing yeah. it and working towards it. It's kind of different to working with the, the that self awareness in the here and now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, a lot about of the law of attraction as well.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. So, like, even I'll use the expo as an example there. Like, yeah. I mean, everything's a thought at some point. Like, somebody thought of that car you're sitting in. It was, it was an idea. At one yes. stage? Like, so, so a few months ago, me and Peter were just having a chat on the phone, and we thought about what if we did this at Expo? You know we could promote ourselves, and we could give everybody else around us. A show a chance they showcase what they have they offer to you as well. So it was just an idea that we had. So having that idea in your head or that thought again if you give it a negative or a positive attachment we give it we gave that thought a positive attachment because it was going to benefit us and it was going to benefit everybody else around us and we hope everybody that came in through the day got something from it and the vendors got something from it as well yeah so that positive thought that positive emotion that we had to, towards it was exciting scary we didn't know how it was going to work like yeah. we can only put it together and hope people would come in on the day and thank god they did yeah. and so our action was that positive yeah. outcome In so again the law of attraction i guess it was just a we thought about doing it we wanted we wanted to do that so i guess getting on that Vibration of it help pull it together. So not only did we pull it together there, we we're going to take it to Sligo and Galway now as well. So <laughs> it's getting uh, so so Peter, is isn't it? for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, another another guy that was actually on stage and talked to um, that I interviewed was Matthew McKeegan, and I believe I believe in what he's saying that Um, on his goal that he's going to be the strongest man in the world like that's just something that's just drilled into his mindset and he is so focused on um, that you know I just believe it's going to happen for him like myself from talking to him and he gives you that that belief behind him as well so
1: um, and that's it like like he knows like he's so focused on what he's doing yeah like nothing nothing is going to put him off off his track like and again, like it boils down to that thought, that thought process. Like he is thinking in his mind that he is going to be the world's strongest man. Yep. And if you can imagine now the the physiology, the physical reaction that his body is having to that, like like if he's seeing that he is the strongest man, like he's probably feeling how he's gonna feel, having already accomplished that. Yes. So again, that boils in that law of attraction. If he's thinking that and he's feeling that, then by, by all means, that is what he's going to be. It has to be. So if you're thinking and feeling something, all nature corresponds and gives you what you're thinking. If you're going to be thinking negative and feeling negative, then your brain... So I always say to you, like, your your brain is like a thinker and a provider. If you're thinking it, it's going to provide it. So in Matthew's case, he's thinking strongest man. He's feeling that the strongest man and his brain's going to give him the strongest man. Yeah. If he's thinking weakest man or negative, bad thoughts, feeling bad, then his brain is going to give him more of what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just becoming aware, that self-awareness of what you're thinking. Yeah.
0: It's so so interesting. I I love mindset. The first person I started to listen to, I think was either Tony Robbins and then Jim Rowan. Those yeah. were the first two I kind of started to listen to, and uh, and I listened to Darren Hardy's Compound Effect and just like yeah. like those sort of things. Is there any is there anything that you have listened to that you found really beneficial? Um, that you would kind of say go read that book if you want to start learning more about this or.
1: Uh, if I was gonna recommend one book, it would be "Psycho uh, Cybernetics."
0: Yes, I've heard of that before. And it is by Maxwell Malt. Yeah, that's. I'm going I'm just
1: actually I, reading this now. I've
0: heard. Sake, I've just heard, just heard that goes so really bad. deep, though. That goes. That goes deep, like that. That goes into a lot of. Sometimes it's kind of over your head. A lot of that stuff. And yeah. what did what did you take from it? Would you would you say that or?
1: It's it is a little deep, yeah. Um, but I think if if you're kind of practicing this stuff yourself and you, and you're into it and you're open to it, I think once you start reading it, a lot of it will just start clicking with you, and you'll be like, it will really start to come, and you'll be more aware of it. And then it does take, it is a little deep, so you probably will need to read it once or twice, or even a whole lot more to fully grasp it. Like, but yeah. there's uh. I would definitely recommend it, for sure.
0: Did you ever read or listen to the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah. You did?
1: Alex? Like- Another book I'm reading now at the minute as well is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes. And I think by reading that book, that kind of helped. It helped me, and will definitely help me with uh, putting the expo together as well. Once you read it, and they understand it and you're thinking of something and you apply yourself to it you don't you don't really need to think about it. if you set yourself that outcome or that goal like we did with the expo we don't even need, need to worry about how it was going to happen yes because we believe it was going to happen it just happened so easy for us right? mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, i like the idea of open opening the mind to different perspectives and stuff and like there's a section in that uh, seven habits of highly effective people. And there's like a picture of an old lady, but there's also a young lady, just depending on how you look at it. And yeah. Joe Gallagher, Gallagher put up a picture of a duck, which was a rabbit as well, which okay. just again opens up the people's different perspective and how they look at things.
1: Yeah.
0: And so always be kind of that open-minded about stuff and, you know, with regards to beliefs and stuff, you know,
1: yeah um, I'm really, I'm, really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think like well, that's why we should all we should never really judge anybody either, like because you don't know where that person's coming from, what their perspectives is on life. So yeah. and it's being aware of that, like
0: hundred
1: percent. Um is there anything else you want
0: to touch on before we we call it a day or um
1: Yeah, I just well if anybody was like Want to have a wee visualisation session just to check it out, see what it's all about. Um, yeah, you can get in touch. Yeah, where, to
0: where can they find you? Where can they actually get in contact with you if they found this would be something they would like to participate in?
1: Uh, you can, I'm on Facebook on their JC Sports Performance Mindset and same on Instagram as well. Cool. Excellent, buddy.
0: Now, really interesting conversation and there's a lot of topics there that uh, we delved into and stuff I love talking about. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and, and actually be on the show. I think people will get a lot out of it, you uh, know, just, I'm not a problem. Man. Um, just, just a really good story about yourself and, and how, how you've, how far you've come as well as a person and controlling your own anxiety. So we like, um, there's there's ways out there. There's hope for people, I suppose, out there who think that they're struggling and stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. um, appreciate the time. <laughs> um, go check. Yeah, check.
1: Just, yep.
0: Yeah, I just, it
1: just, I guess it's just making people aware. No, that's, it's becoming aware of it and how to control it, just making it
0: easier. Yeah. That's a, awesome, man. Yeah. No, as I say. Sure. Yeah. Plenty of help
1: out there. Yep. Get over to this Facebook
0: and Instagram. Send them a DM if you, if you feel that you need some, something. I'm sure you'll be happy enough to answer any questions. Maybe even do a wee Q&A like uh, Oshin and Flaherty. On um, Instagram, he does it every Wednesday. Maybe get, get on that. Um, and then, uh, then you'll get yourself uh, a little bit of help that way. But thanks very much again, Jason. Uh, um, guys, I really hopefully you got something out of that, but until next time, we'll have another show, we'll have another guest, we'll have another uh, story to talk about on Breaking Inertia. So, thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Okay, do you want to stop cloud recording? Okay.